Hey Bendigo, the mixtape tour is coming to your area of planet Earth. Saturday the 23rd of October at the Capitol Theatre in Bendigo. Tickets on sale now. You can find all information on planet80s.com.au and we'll see you real soon. Woohoo! Fuck yeah, all fired up. If gonna storm a lucker. Yeah, are you ready to fucking fight? Woo! Yeah, you ready well, to there you go. go. There you go. I the tiger, mate. I the tiger. What a what fuck- a song. What a classic. One dick wonder for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But we're not using it for that reason. That's Cause, right. Because tonight we're talking about something very special. We're talking about wogs in the 80s. If you don't know Maddie's what we're talking about. Go, what are you doing? <laughs> Everyone Ethnic around people. the world's going, what's a wog? Now, a wog yeah. in Australia refers to Western Oriental gentlemen. It was, uh, you know, I guess an immigrant from uh, uh, to Australia from Europe and – um, like a wog in Australia, I guess, is what like a, I guess a Mario is in, in the US. Just sort of like Mediterranean and proud, you know. It was used, the term wog was used like as a bit of a, you know, disrespect uh, in the 80s. But now it's like a badge of honour. It's like a badge of honour. And so we're really going to look at the sort of um, famous Mediterraneans in the 80s and celebrate their work. That's right, and if you hate us now, you're going to hate us even more after this. Absolutely. Fucking if you don't agree with this. Are you a skip? You're a skip? I'm a skip, but I'm I'm also um, honorary wog because I've been with a wog now for 10 (laughs) years. No, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Even though I've never actually been a wog, you know? Yeah. And it's great. 
Yeah, absolutely. Both Sammy and I, fuck, you know, grew up around wogs. Both Sammy and I fuck wogs, I thought you were going to say. Both Sammy and I <laughs> fuck wogs. That's right. <laughs> we love them. But we grew up with wogs, didn't we? Didn't yeah. we? Both of us yeah, did, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, like did. all of my mates in high school and growing up were wogs because they yeah. loved music and they loved dancing, you know. Yeah. I was None great the in the did. 80s, without a exactly. doubt. Exactly, yeah. I listened to Stray Cats. I wore rock and roll jackets. And walk down yep. the street going, Enna, Bita, Vita, Gapa, Epsilon, Zita, Theta. I like did wog, fucking Greek language and did yeah. bloody dancing and the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Now, sort of uh, Mediterraneans coming to Australia was a big part of like the post-war immigration. Uh, a lot, you know, the population was down in Australia and all around the world and Europe was just sort of devastated by war. They were looking, you know, Australia was basically looking to the rest of the world and saying, come here, there's lots of opportunities here, life is great, get away. You know, like come down here, it's really cheap. Heaps of opportunities, and a lot of a lot of um, Italians and a lot of Greeks came to Australia as a consequence. And you know, um, you know, one, two, three generations down at the track are the pillars of the community, especially in sort of large rep- uh, metropolitan cities like City and Melbourne and so forth. So there you go. But they became trendy in the 80s Absolutely. where they were starting to be really creative and taking the piss out of their own community. Yeah. And this yeah. is what we're going to look at tonight because it became really cool to be either a very famous movie star or even just an Aussie that was putting their own stuff together. Yeah. And we're going to look at a few of those artists tonight and some of them, they were huge wogs and we loved them. Absolutely. And they were, the I guess, like the wog icons that we're looking at tonight – uh, they were like breakthrough artists of, of their time for their culture. So, um, you know, a lot of these guys really were who who all young wogs were looking up to all around the world. And you'll see what we mean. Um, the first one, of course, we play Eye of the Tiger because it's in reference to Rocky played by Sylvester Stallone. That's right. Huge wog. People loved him. Absolutely loved him. He really did it tough. His story is absolutely incredible. He's um was born in forty six. He he um was basically homeless for fucking the the major part of his early life, and wow. was was homeless when he was an actor. Like really, really struggled and um. Just did everything to make ends meet. He used to sort of make adult films and stuff at the beginning of his career just to fucking get by. And he actually said, like, it was a choice between doing things like that or robbing somebody just like to survive. Like porn, you mean? You know? Porn, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Now, so a lot of it came back to haunt him when he became really famous. But he just did whatever it took to get by. You know, Madonna was the same. She sort of yeah. posed naked and yeah. all of that That's kind of right. thing. That's right. They were, they were struggling. They were on the bone of their ass. you know. They didn't sort of have generations of money behind them. They were like um, parents and grandparents were immigrants and stuff and, and they were just doing whatever it took to get by. Anyway, Stallone is a real success story and he's, he's an underdog as well. And in Australia, the underdog spirit is really big as well. So not only was he a wog, he was an underdog. And he was a real legend out here. Like in Australia, he was huge, you know. Rocky came out in 76. We, That's uh, right. But Stallone 
Um, a lot of a lot of Stallone's success was established in the late seventies, but it was the eighties where he his star sort of really exploded and he became huge. Because we didn't expect the Rocky music to go, or the Rocky theme to have a trilogy, you know, like. That's right. You thought that was only going to be one movie, which was in the 70s. Yeah. But because so many Europeans looked at him and they felt great about themselves, because it was all about that really. Yeah. Because when you think about it, these people were bloody people that worked hard. Yeah. Because they used to get picked on and they used to get told they couldn't do this or they couldn't be there. All you could do was do shit that other people didn't want to do. Exactly. So a lot of the children of these people worked even harder than their parents to provide for them a fucking living, you know. Exactly right because the parents had really struggled and done it tough. And you watched that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They just wanted to sort of push out of that and and become something else, you know. They just had – Amazing ambition, you know, just really incredible. And that's what Rocky was all about. He was he was like pushing through to make something of himself. Stallone actually wrote this screenplay. It was nominated for multiple Academy Awards in 77 and, and it won a few. I believe it – I don't think it won Best Screenplay but it might have won um, – I can't remember what it actually won. It won two out of like – five nominations or some shit like that. But he was actually nominated for Best Actor as well. You wouldn't you wouldn't imagine it with Stallone over the course of his acting career that he'd be nominated for a Best Best Actor Oscar. But, you, you know, he, he was. He really was. Um, and it was, wasn't the last one either, you know. Um, 77, oh, no, 79, I think – I think there was a second Rocky in 79, I believe. It wasn't until um, you always think of this song, I the Tiger, in terms of the first one. Nah, the first fly Rocky. Now. Gonna this fly came now. out. Yeah, that's right. One. That's yeah. right. People get I'd it never mixed think up of in this their heads. Rocky 3. Yeah, you know what? A lot of people get it mixed up in their heads. Really? They think, yeah, they think Rocky and they think Eye of the Tiger, but it was actually that song that came out with the original that you mentioned. Yeah. This came out with the third one in um, 82 and it was in the same year that uh, Rambo came out. Rambo was fucking massive. Yeah. And even though sort of, yeah, absolutely, even though sort of, Rocky, he was a boxer and so forth. Rambo, he became like an action hero and he started yeah. getting into action, you know. Um, he was a walking G.I. Joe. That's right, exactly, exactly. And Americans really took him on board because not only was he a wog, but he was a he is a Vietnam vet as well. So there was another sort of element there that made him really sort of iconic and underground. And he would have a lot of hits sort of through the 80s, not just in the Rocky and Rambo franchises, but uh, uh, Tango and Cash he did with um, – what's that dude's name with the square head? Russell. Uh, Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah, because – yeah. Yeah, Whoopi, yeah. Not Whoopi. And yeah. a couple of other things. He used to get a lot of writing gigs and a lot of directing gigs as well. Yeah. You don't realise, but he really did in the 80s. Um, well, he had something to do with staying alive, didn't he? That's right. Absolutely. We mentioned that the other week with the um, with we're going to mention it again. Episode. Yeah, the dance battles episode. This is what sort of led us to this because yeah. they wanted John Travolta from Saturday Night Fever to do 
a sequel as soon as possible and um, uh, it was actually John Travolta whom suggested Sylvester Stallone because uh, Stallone was such a fucking, you know, Italian hero. Uh, Stallone ended up directing Staying Alive and they and did Saturday it And Saturday Night Fever, didn't he? Not Saturday Night Fever. He did. Um, He's just in he did, it or something? He, he did Staying Alive. No, I'm not sure if he was involved. We'll have to check on that. But may not have though. Maybe maybe after he did Rocky, he became a bit more. He did. He really did. He became yeah. huge. You know. Yeah. And um, you know, the, he didn't do it. Travolta didn't do it straight away because he knocked back all the all the script proposals and all of that kind of thing. And then when Stallone came on board, they really worked together. You know, they they loved each other. Stallone yeah. and Travolta loved each other. They they were of a like mind. Um, they they fell out a little bit afterwards, but they like during the film they they loved each other. They had a real appreciation for each other, um, and it, you know it it was another hit for Stallone as well. So um, amazing story, Sylvester Stallone. He became one of the biggest action stars in Hollywood and in yeah. the world, um, up there with sort of Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis and so forth. And um, still a legend today, you know, like still still alive today, still making movies, still directing, still writing. And gave Incredible. a lot of wogs a lot of hopes. That's right. I look up to him. No, yeah. I look up to that cunt. You don't have to work at fish and chips. You can do a lot of other you stuff can do, as well. You can do boxing. Yeah. You can do boxing, that's, mate. I'll go to the fucking right, gym bro. and I'll do get boxing. Fit. Yeah. No, get fucking fit, bro. Well, well he, oh, the tiger, I fucking go crazy, mate. <laughs> Fucking loser. No, Do you remember when music? we were going to play Eye of the Tiger at the spot and they sat us down or one of us down and said, you can't play Eye of the Tiger, the Wogs will fight? <laughs> there's too, there's too many I, fights. Yeah, and I said, just watch me fucking do it and they won't fight. And they never did. Never they did. said they were scared of it because they already had like three big fights. Yeah. Per night. Remember? Yeah. yeah they yeah, get yeah. three breakouts. Normally one during the first set, one during the second set, and then another big breakout when we'd finish. Remember? I thought the fight started when we left more so. I thought they were really well behaved when we were there. No, they would dance and stuff, but they'd get all keyed up and stuff. So it it would happen like at the end of each set and then sort of then oh. when everybody was really drunk afterwards and they didn't know what to do with themselves, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. It was really weird. But they did, yeah, yeah, I remember them saying, don't play this song, it'll just be fucking the end of the club. Yeah, no, it wasn't though. It wasn't. It was huge. No. Yeah. Really, really yeah. good. Hi, the Tiger. So, yeah, well, Rocky's our first, oh, sorry, Sylvester Stallone's our first one. <laughs> yeah. And That's right. Look, it huge. really leads us to Travolta then, doesn't it? Yeah, you can do Travolta. I've got a little thing we can play of Travolta. Lovely. So, you know, a lot of these artists kept their accent as well, so they kind of sounded a little bit woggy. So we'll just have a listen to Johnny. But Johnny uh, always kept his American sort of ethnic sort of accent. That's it. Tony, why did you come here today? I don't know. I got, I got a lot of things on my mind. Like what? What things? I don't know. The way I used to act around here, the way I treated everybody, I was very hard on you. And I, I just... I just wanted to say, it's not me, all right? That wasn't me. What, are you kidding me? 
No, I'm apologising to you. Apologising for what? There you go. That was John Travolta and his mum in Staying Alive. Wow. Yeah, he goes back amazing. home after being famous and apologises to his mum. But the way, you know, he speaks like this, you know, I mean, we we Australianise it, I guess, but yeah, incredible. But see, I love John in Twist of Fate, which was the one he did with Olivia Newton-John because they oh, tried to get another Grease out of that, them. They did that comeback sort of, yeah? Twist of, Twist of Fate was like, yeah, the, the part B of Grease, but it, it was fucking – Shit house, but I oh, love it. And yeah, their hair, yeah. both their hair, Olivia and John's in that movie, Twist of Fate, yeah, is yeah. fucking incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they were hair. big on the hair. Big on the oh, hair, both man. Them. Both of them, absolutely. Walks in general. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, they had great hair. They yeah. had thick, fucking beautiful hair, you know? Yeah, that's right. Until they we went bald. Yeah, that's right. That's, absolutely. That's right, bro. Now, similar to <laughs> similar to Stallone, uh, Travolta, it really established a lot of his really really awesome work in the late seventies. Um, you think of Travolta as being a big eighties star, yet he didn't have a lot of big eighties hits. A lot of things that happened for him happened in the seventies, and they yep. happened in the nineties. He was sort of like. He was like an icon. He he sort of he died out and then came back. You know, he did do stuff during the eighties, but I I think it was just the product of bad choices, or I, I don't know. I really don't know. He's he's a great actor. He's a really great actor, like really solid. And the thing was, in the late seventies, he was so. Beautiful, like he, he he was actually like an amazing looking guy, and he was just sort of softly spoken. He could dance, stunning to look at. He was sort of like a, he was sort of like an Italian James Dean in a way, you know. Like he he had a sort of softness about him, you know. But he was he he could play tough, like really really amazing quality. Um, of course, we know him from the late seventies, being in Carrie. In 76 with Sissy Spacek. You never remember that. Um, Saturday Night Fever in 77 and Grease in 78. Um, Huge hits for him. He was also in Welcome Back, Cotter, which finished in 79 as well. So the films that he did in the 80s, right? He did a film called um, Urban Cowboy with Deborah Winger. Yeah. uh, Where he played um, like a country music. Like he, he fucking had the cowboy hat on and... Um, it's actually a good film. Yeah. It's actually a good film. Yeah. Yeah. After that, though, his career sort of – it didn't follow the same sort of hit hit uh, formula. Um, really, he should have been doing movies every year, bloody every two years or so. But the 80s, it's like he really pick and chose. I don't know what was going on for him internally where he, he, he actually knocked back a lot of – Films that he became was really popular. So huge in Welcome Back, Cotter. Yeah, so yeah. huge that I think he might have been a bit burnt out. Like people don't realize that Welcome Back, Cotter was fucking. He was funny in that. He yeah. was the wog in that. He was yep. huge. Everyone that was in that was really funny. Welcome mm. Back, Cotter. He was the funny guy, you know. And then he went from yeah. that to, of course, 
Greece where, you know, that was it. Everyone knew yep. who he was, all the kids knew. But Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he did a lot in in the 70s, a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now, that early period of the 80s, he didn't do a lot. did a film um, called Blowout, No One Remembers. Of course, he did Staying Alive in 83. We talked about it a lot in our um, um, Dance Battles episode a couple of weeks ago. Really, really awesome. Check it out. Um, he did sort of bits and pieces and the bits and pieces that he did do in the 80s, I actually found really memorable. He did, um, that one with Jamie Lee Curtis. What was it called? Oh, Perfect. Perfect. He did with Jamie Lee Curtis and it was all about, all about fucking, um, aerobics. Yeah. Aerobics, which is something that was really died out, but was huge in the 80s. It's coming back in though. Is it really? I think that's going to be an Olympic sport as well. Fuck off, really? I'm not joking you, yeah. I would love it if they did because yeah. they can make it really camp. Oh, it is, <laughs> without a doubt. Fuck. But, yeah, no, um, Perfect was awesome. Yeah. A lot of yeah. dancing and aerobic stuff without any dialogue, that movie. Like I was looking yeah. at it today going, are they going to fucking talk to each other or just move their groin the whole time? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Some really sexy scenes in that. And um, you might remember there was a a song in I think the noughties called Call On Me by Eric Prides that sort of was like a tribute to Perfect um, and that was really huge in the clubs as well. But um, Oh, yeah, yeah. Was it? Do you reckon that? it was a tribute to Perfect? Fuck yeah, 100%. What, what made you say that? Because it had the one dude and a big group of chicks and like all he's a wog and they're all like pumping their groins and oh, it's such a tribute oh, to Perfect. You reckon? Yeah, 100%. I just think 100%. it was a tribute to aerobics. Yeah. Oh, they not were to too aerobics. Young. Not to aerobics but to Perfect. Absolutely it was. No, nah, they wouldn't know what fucking Perfect was. Come on, Wouldn't mate. have had a clue. Wouldn't if have had a clue. you and I do, they would. Perfect went up, mate, fucking dance movies. I know dance movies. <laughs> Perfect was very much under the radar. It wasn't that big. No, it wasn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, so yeah. a lot of people missed it. It wasn't like flash dance. No. Perfect was fucking, it went under the radar. Like Twist mm. of Fate, right, with um, Olivia and John. People yep. don't remember that either. No. Nope. I just think people in in the eight they wanted to bring the eighties thing back. And if you say eighties, what do you say? Aerobics. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's it. I'd be yeah. very surprised if fucking anyone knew what perfect was in that video because they were just fucking young DJs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now John would have a bit of a mini comeback with Kirstie Alley in "Look Who's Talking," and he did "Look Who's Talking" two and "Look Who's Talking Now" in the nineties. Um, so he did do that little trilogy, and then after that, he got he got picked up in Pulp Fiction in '94, and then just it was just like one thing after another. He was back. He was really sort of on the A list again. John Travolta was like an A list actor. He did some incredible stuff in the late '90s, in the noughties, Um and still prolific, you know. Uh, very tragically, John's wife Kelly Preston died. In uh, 2020, just a couple of years ago, so very sad. I remember that. We may and have his even son sort of, before that. That's right. His son died yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, really, really sad. Yeah, isn't he a so, big Scientologist now? 
He's a Scientologist, yeah. Yeah. He was, he was one of the first, yeah. And he flies aeroplanes. He's got his own airstrip. He does. He's a Qantas ambassador internationally. He actually yeah. flies a, an ex-Qantas commercial jet. So For what he's done, he's fucking young. He's only 67. Yeah. So, And you know who else was in Taxi? The short guy from Cheers, the little boy that does twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was in Taxi da- as Danny well. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. The little boy. Yeah, right. so you were the little boy. <laughs> he was probably really young then though in Taxi. Yeah. yeah. Really Absolutely. young. But uh, he was a wog as well, Danny DeVito. That's right. And There's one that was really short. Wog. Absolutely, and would have had a lot of a heart, would have had a bigger, harder time the fucking size he was. That's right. I referenced DeVito all the time, actually. He, um, uh, Danny DeVito was fucking huge in the 80s. Um, yeah. Originally in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, of course, but he had like a string of hits, of course, with um, Romancing the Stone. Remember with um, Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner and all yeah. of that? And he did three films with him. them. He did uh, Romancing the Stone fucking War of the Roses and some other shit. He did another one with those guys. Yeah. But he was very big in the in the 80s as well. Absolutely. DeVito, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So my right. favourite wog I'm going to play hey. is this guy who's, who was actually in a, an, an English or an Australian guy doing a wog, which is was is now probably not – you're not, probably not allowed to do it anymore because of cancel culture because everyone's so fucking be nice to people or fucking yeah, whatever, um, which takes away a lot of the fun of it because, mate, this is how it used to roll in the 80s. Hey, hello to you gentlemen. How are you today? What can I do for you? Oh, would you like something special? i got something special for you. i got some beautiful pumpkins. Beautiful. You roast him. Make him into soup. Beautiful. Just over here, I got... Hey, wait a minute. Who's been playing around here? Who's been putting plastic bouncy fruit in the... <laughs> That's the matter. When I find the kid who will put this football kick team into my shop, I'm going to give him a good click on the ear. Uh, uh, oh, my... Uh, uh, oh, sorry, no. You look, you're Robert the big, 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 the well, you see, I got a, uh, I got a son named Con. Do you know that? Yeah, that's a matter. <laughs> and he likes to collect autographs of famous people. Not a problem. Oh, beautiful. Not a problem. There you go. Um, well, um... Okay, yes, sir, that's, that's a matter. Better. That's yes, a nice big one here. Thank there you, you go. Thank you, thank you. Thanks, yesterday to Con. To Con. Dick Aletis. D-I-C-K. So great. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Con the Fruiter are played by Mark Mitchell in the 80s on the comedy company, but then sort of it transcended the comedy company, didn't it? Like he became a cultural hero, didn't he? Mark Mitchell? 
Oh, Con the Fruiter, this character, you know? Yeah. Look, I think they might have given him his own show, but it didn't last very long. It, it didn't last very long, but people really loved this character. Oh, because that's what the Fruiter was were like in the 80s. 100%. They'd spit 100%. in their bag, spit in the bag, fill yeah. it and do your apples and go and put your apples in. It was the reality of the situation. But just like really, really friendly, really affable and we all kind of, especially in Melbourne, knew that, um, knew, you know, knew the, the kind of fruiter or the person at the market or the person at the shop or person that we worked with or whatever who, who was a loud and proud wog, you know, and, and was lovely, was absolutely lovely. Um, Marika was the wife, remember, and Mark mm-hmm. Mitchell used to play the wife, used to play Marika as well. Angula. Yeah, that's right. They had the kids, uh, Tula Fula and Sula and Agapi. But, um, and Agapi, that's right. And Agapi. It, yeah, yeah. But they, they um, I mean, this would not be done today because no. it was would be considered sort of. Racist. Well, yeah, it would. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a shame. Like the thing is like this is a celebration and also I can tell you all the wogs out there that I know absolutely love Con the Fruiterer. Yeah, you know, they do. It, 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 yeah, well, it was a really ac- actually an accurate character study that Mark Mitchell was making, even oh. though he wasn't Greek, even though he's not Nick Giannopoulos or whoever. Um, it was it was really accurate. It was a really beautiful tribute, you know. And probably one of the first people to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Like yeah. this is this opened the floodgates for a lot of other stuff in it did. Australia. Yeah, yeah, and it was you know. done with love. You know, he didn't he didn't dumb the character down. The character was lovable. He it was done with love. It wasn't done with spite. You were laughing with Con the Fruiterer. You weren't laughing at him. You know what I mean? Because um, in their mind, they're not funny. When you met a no. fruiterer like this, that yeah. was just how they were. That's it wasn't their big like persona. they yeah. changed themselves to blend into the Australian no. or the English public. They were it loud was like and you proud. either Well, I don't even think they thought that hard. They just yeah. did it. Yeah. And it was like it. I'm just going to speak like this and why should I you, you know like when you when you taught marketing or you're taught sales at a fucking course or something, yeah. you're told to be um someone that can blend in with other people and talk to them so that you yeah. sell more to them, like build rapport yeah. is what I'm yeah. trying to say, right? Mm. These guys were just being who they were exactly. and their product was their product, yeah. which was yeah. fruit and yeah. not many Aussies were fruiterers either. Mm. No, that's right. This is the thing This is the thing with sort of wogs in Australia in, in you know, the 70s and 80s and so forth. Not so much the 80s, it was like the 60s and 70s and before that. They were doing jobs that Aussies just weren't prepared to do. That's they right. were doing hard labour. They were, you know, working in the shops and doing long hours and working late nights and working two jobs and all that kind of thing because they were getting paid less than the average person and they were doing stuff that like the regular Aussie wasn't prepared to do, you know. So you would always see them at the shop. You would always see them at the markets. They'd always sort of um, – they'd be your carpenters or your tradies and all that kind of thing. These days it's different because it's sort of 
um, you know, your wogs are your pillars of the community. They're sort of like doctors, lawyers and, uh, you know, ministers and all kinds of things. But especially when you come to the western suburbs and everything, it's still really big. Like I remember moving from St Kilda and I had lived in St Kilda for like 10 years and then moving to the western suburbs here and we had um, an old Maltese bloke that used to come to our house in Sunshine and he used to come to the house all the time because we actually bought the house from a deceased estate and she was an old Greek lady. So he used to do the circuit of all the wogs in Sunshine and just sell produce out of his van and you'd, you'd buy like, you know, nuts or cheese or olives or fucking bread and, and just like the produce was absolutely incredible, you know. And um, that, that sort of slice of Australian life is really dying out. It's really special. So, um, Well, they weren't know, con- offered the proper job anyway. That's right. Exactly. They, exactly. they went for jobs as whatever and they yeah. didn't, you know. Just grabbed it was, anything It was quite could. racial. So even though I think this was a really good time for the ethnics to have all this stuff on because it kind of made them – brought them into the forefront a bit more and a bit more interesting and people were starting to see them as this cool thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was really celebrated around this time. You know, it was re- – you you celebrated being you know, a, a, a wog sort of in the in the 80s and towards the 90s. Um, the late 80s, yeah. You're still well, a bit scared 80s. in the early 80s. That's right. Very yeah. scared to tell anyone where you were from. Exactly. Or but what this you is did. when, yeah, that's right. This is when things were sort of turning, you know, um, which is which is awesome, which is great. But we had to, someone asked us months ago to put on Con the Fruiterer. So there you go, whoever that was. Con the Fruiterer. Con the Fruiterer, mate. He was just incredible and very funny show, The Comedy Company. But you watched some of that today and it wouldn't stand up today. You couldn't play it. Oh, no, you couldn't do it. No, you couldn't do Which it. Which is such a shame because it was so non-threatening, you know, and actually brought things into the limelight without being so serious. But it's not offensive, you know. It really is not. I don't yeah. care what you say. Yeah, it's, it's not. Gorgeous. I love it. It's not what he's trying to do with it. It's not – he's not laughing at a culture or a person or anything. It's done with love. Mark, Mark Mitchell played my father in Blue Healers when I was on Blue Healers. Yeah. And um, lovely guy, you know, like really lovely guy. And it's just a, a change in time, you know, change in culture. So what do you say? Well, a lot of those comedians in the 80s would make up their own shit as well. Mm. It wasn't like someone went, all right, we want you to be this character Con the Fruitoir. That's this right. was the stuff they'd observed during the day and they yeah. co- brought this stuff to the table. Yeah. So it was really – that was really his thing, you know, Mark Mitchell, where he kind of went, this is my new character. Yeah. And everyone went, yeah, well, let's give it a go. Yeah, that's right. A bit like Kylie Mole, you know, the school kid that – Spoke like that, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Same thing. So the next one we're going to look at is one of yours. You wanted to – and I've got the um, intro to the movie. Do you want to give that a whirl? Ah, uh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> everybody. Look who's here. It's his street. His game. 
license. He's a robber. His rules. Real and everybody knows it. So the cops. The pushers. The girls. Street hero. Love a woggy drummer. There you go. Street Hero with Vinch Koloshimo. Very yes. fucking cool. This is he really cool. He had a cool. moment, didn't he? That's right. Absolutely. When he was young, there was a. this was a big sort of launch for him. It was. Um, yeah, it really was. This, this film, Street Hero, had Sigrid Thornton in it as well and Bill Hunter. Um, I um, crossed paths a lot with Sigrid and I worked with Bill Hunter um, over the years as well, and one of the last things that he did, Vince, I met um, Vince. I actually met at in at an awards night at the Opera House, <laughs> and I remember the first thing he said um, when he walked up because you're not allowed to drink in the Opera House. Oh the wow! First, yeah, the first well, thing. Well, I'm not he, going then. <laughs> I was meant to be there now. I was yeah. meant to be Weren't seeing you like go fucking. And see- Phantom, Phantom of the Phantom Opera, of the opera. Yeah. yeah, fucking fuck that. That was that was that was um, next month in September, just in a couple of weeks. But fuck that. That's so. All what changed. happened to your airfares? You had to change them, or no? They they gave it all back. Thank thankfully. So yeah, yeah. accommodation, Shit. all of that. But bloody um, yeah, Vince. The very first thing he said um, to me was, "There's no alcohol." There's no alcohol. Oh there's, no, he didn't. Because yeah, you couldn't Hilarious. drink in there. He was he was disgusted because you, you get <laughs> you get used to sort of going to these events and these award nights and everything. Yeah. You just get pissed. Yeah. You know that's how yeah, they get yeah. everybody there. Like I why totally would you bother get otherwise? It. Why would you be there? That's right. It's Who a fu- fucking cares? They are fucking ridiculous. They really are fucking ridiculous. And the only thing that makes them good is that you get pissed. That's you right. know, and and there's no fucking alcohol in there. This was the yeah. same. This was the same. It was the Actor Awards. I think it was the first Actor Awards, which used to be the AFI Awards, and they were sort of they were changing it on its head. They wanted it to become more international. They rebranded it. Um, Jeffrey Rush was uh, mm-hmm. taking it over as the president, and mm-hmm. they were making it international and everything. So they had heaps and heaps of stars there, you know, and it was a really fun night actually. But um, yeah, he's he's a legend. This guy, we've got lots of mutual friends. Vince Colosimo, very cool. He was in Wog Boy, of course. You know, with Nick Giannopoulos. Yeah, I saw him on the set the other week when I went there. Yeah, yeah, he was there. He still looks fantastic, by the way. Oh uh, yeah, I bet he, he was does, married yeah. to Jane Hall for a while, and they had he a was. girl. Yeah, that's right. And Jane yeah. Hall was in. He's in now in Wentworth. Yeah. She plays is she really? the yeah she is. Maddie was mm. surprised at that too. Yeah, she plays the new head honcho at the the thing. Oh, um, can't remember her name now, but isn't that horrible? But she's she's in the last season. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, 
Vince would have lots of hits, actually. Like, you know, he was in uh, bloody Secret Life of Us. He was sort of Claudia Carvin's big love interest in that. That really brought him onto TVs and everything. He was fucking fantastic in that. Much loved. Um, uh, Chopper as well in 2000. Oh, incredible in Chopper. Yeah, he, you know, he and he played Neville Bartos, which is like a fucking, um, you know, like an urban hero, Neville Bartos. Like, there's no cash here. Here, there's no cash, you know. <laughs> Chopper's so, one of my favourite fucking movies, I have to say. Do you know what? It's uh, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio's favourite film. Wow. Yeah. And that was a Gadinsky thing as well. Ah, He paid yeah, right. for that. Yeah, yeah. It was fucking a mushroom great thing. film. Yeah. Really great film. I you love know, it. Real- and I, I never met Chopper but I had friends that knew him. Yeah. Because he used to hang out in nightclubs obviously. Mm. But my girlfriend Isis was really good friends with him and – Oh, no, I saw him at Sexpo selling bottles of wine. That's right. Who? Chopper Chopper had his own wine label for a while. <laughs> yeah, he'd get Fuck, into anything. Serious? So I, I remember doing um, an Expo thing at oh, – it was Sexpo. We, I used to do stuff for Bill, like with photography. Yeah. The glamour photography thing in the 90s when it was yeah. big and people would put in a form and everyone won, won and they didn't realise and then they'd spend thousands of dollars on their second <laughs> marriage, you know. Um, anyway, as soon as we knew the second marriage was coming in, we knew it was a $1,000 sale in photos. It was fucking hilarious. Anyway, Chopper pulled up across from the stand I was on and had bottles of Chopper Reed fucking wine uh, and he stood there and had his photos and then he took Polaroids for 20 bucks a Polaroid or something. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, Jesus. But I was too scared to approach him and get a photo. Yeah. I should have though, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's horrible to say he's a hero but he used to really control the drug trade. Yeah. In those years. It's a funny thing like the whole chopper, chopper thing because it's like Americans had it as well, but it's it's like a kind of it's a weird obsession with like criminals and stuff. Like if they were charismatic, people yeah. fucking love them. Cool, like you Al Capone, safe. like Ned yep. Kelly. There's a history of it, you know. Um, but Aussies especially love it. They 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 love that kind of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Bogans love it, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so we want. Yeah, Vinci, yep. Yeah, he was in bloody um, Stingers, which I was in. Um, lots of things. Country practice, Secret Life everyone would know him for. He was in He was in a lot of sort of Aussie TV as well. Of course, Underbelly. He was in Underbelly as yep, um, yep. Alphonse Gangitano. Yep. Um, and, yeah, Aussie hero. I hope you're going well, Vinci. We love you. You're a fucking legend. Oh God. We um he went to the same drama school as I did. Oh, so okay. um yeah, yeah. But like fucking love the guy. Just wants to have fun. Big you're a fucking sexy prick too. So there you go, Vince. Love you. Now Street Hero was a fucking great soundtrack as well. That was Wilder yes. Years by um Dragon, which was a great track of theirs. Mm. Really good drumming track, like that fucking drive behind it. But Moving Pictures had a lot to do with this as well. Yep. And people just think Moving Pictures, what about me? But 
they kind of were in a few movies, that band, and yeah. and Street Hero was one of them. Yeah. And I quite liked the soundtrack. I thought the soundtrack was really cool. It's and a, very it's a cool 80s. film, mate. It's a really yeah. cool film. I love I it. Check it out, it again. guys. Yeah. Yeah, I must watch it again. Mm, mm. It's well well marketed. It's just a good film. Yeah, it was fucking in the movies in Melbourne and it was like an international thing, I remember Yeah, it being that's right. Yeah. Really yeah. international. And if you weren't going to see Street Hero, and the name of it was perfect, you know? Because yeah, everyone exactly. wanted to be a hero on the street. Yeah, yeah. Because no yeah. one else had anything else going for them. So it was like, nah. I want to be a street hero too. I want to play the drums. I want to fucking, yeah. You know, like it, yeah. it was rocky but on drums. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly. And I can't even tell you what the movie was about. But rocky on drums, yeah. <laughs> rocky on drums. Awesome. <laughs> and Sigrid Thornton, I mean, God, man, how many years has that woman been Amazing, awesome. For. There were sort of this this period of the eighties, really sort of young actresses. There was Sigrid Thornton. There was Nicole Kidman. You know, yeah. and Nicole, they they Sigrid Thornton was probably the better actress out of well, not probably Fuck Sigrid yeah. Thornton was the better actress out of the two, but Nicole just cut ahead, you know, and and sort of broke it in Hollywood and and so forth. And well, Sigrid, I know how, but I'm not saying. Yeah, right. Oh, I bet. I, I bet. I bet. I know how. Was Man of Snow, Man from Snowy River, which was 1982. She was fucking hot property then. Sigrid thought. Fuck yeah, absolutely. I had a and moment when I had a moment at the Logies where I was standing, talking to Sigrid, and old mate walked up. Um, what's his name from fucking Man from Snowy River? Oh, Tom Bellington. Tom Tom Bellinson walked up yeah. and it was the two of them and he wow. was just saying I was no one, you know what I mean? I was just talking to Sigrid but she walked up, uh, sorry, he walked up and then all of a sudden it was them, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, Like Scary them shit. together and yeah. I'm watching just like going, holy shit, you know, it had nothing to do with me. It's just was them together, but I got to see it sort of first hand. It's like but don't you get caught up in your head where you think, where the fuck am I? Am I on the set of Man from Snowy River? Yeah. Like do you yeah, ever get nuts. caught up like that? Yeah, it's fucking I, nuts. Vince Lee uh, from Pseudo used to go out with Nadine Gardner mm. and yeah. I knocked on Vince's door one day. They'd just split up actually yeah. and she answered the door and I thought I was in – the scene of the Henderson kids. Like I was like, yeah. am I in the fucking Henderson kids? What's going on? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I expected to get Vince to open the door and it was Nadine yeah. Gardner. They just sort of separated and yeah. and it was fucking surreal when you actually see these people on the screen. Yeah. And even though we've been on the screen or whatever ourselves, it's still as musos, don't you find actors more exciting or something? Even though you're more of an actor but you know what I mean? You know what, though, um, actors wish they were rock stars. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. Re- they do, they really do. Yeah. There's a real there's a real oh, sort God. of appreciation for each other there. You know, yeah, yeah. Like there Claudia is, Ca- they, Claudia yeah. Carvin, Claudia Carvin loves the whole rock star thing. She yeah. loves all of that. Oh, you know, see, like, I love the acting thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. I yeah. fucking I would have I'd give up music in two minutes for acting. Oh, would you really? Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. 
See, so I'm, much. Fucking, Only because I think I was appreciated more and that's really fucking stupid to say. Yeah. But yeah. whenever I did something on Wentworth and they were like, we need to put you up to this, and if it wasn't for COVID I reckon I would have been given some other jobs. Yeah. But when yeah. they approached my agent and said, oh, my God, we need her to do this, like – you ask me that's never done this shit before to be a drug addict? That's yeah. not like asking to walk across the road and yeah. pick up the fridge. It's a yeah. fucking drug addict, you know? And yeah. the appreciation I felt was a lot different to what the music – like the music industry is like, oh, what else can you do, you know? Yeah, 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 but, yeah. But, you know, exactly what have you right. done, you know? Yeah, yeah, And I just exactly felt right. more – I don't know. It was a weird and you know, feeling. You know who else felt the same sort of feeling was um, Chrissy Amphlett when she, wow. yeah, when she crossed over and did acting. Like she sort of, she had amazing. Oh God, you know, she's an Aussie icon as a rock. She had successful. That's right. Yeah, yeah she was successful. Yeah, that's right. And but she, but she used to say that she, it was, it was crossing across into acting and stuff that she kind of really felt challenged but she really felt appreciated as well. Oh, my God, absolutely, without a doubt, Mm. without a doubt. And, you know, Leah Purcell used to be a singer, yeah, who plays in Wentworth. She was like a huge singer in the 80s and she said she pulled me aside on the set of Wentworth and she said, what do you do? And I said, I'm a singer. She goes, yeah, I used to sing and then I found acting because I couldn't do it anymore. Same with Roger Corsa as well. I said, Same you know what, mate? Corsa. I'm starting to fucking believe you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 It's funny. Same with Roger Corsa. Like sort of um, Roger and I used to talk about music a lot on set, you know, doing Rush. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that was sort of her his, his first big break and like – he he would have loved to have been like a rock star and whatever, but it was it ended up being sort of TV and acting that really um, he had heaps of success. And um, I just didn't, yeah. You just don't expect it. Uh, uh. But the thing is, um, I was going to say something about going on set. It not only that, I think when I started doing little things on Wentworth, it changed my mindset because it was. Yeah. A worldwide scale. Yeah. And I hadn't done that with music even though I – like everyone, we work so hard and then you go, oh, fuck, can't do it anymore. Or yeah, yeah, You keep yeah, going, yeah. you keep going but nothing really happens. It was a different sort of platform and that's yeah. when I went, well, why can't I do this with music? And and that's exactly. what put my headspace in getting out of the pubs and yeah. into the theatres, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because you – like as a, as a muso, you absolutely bust your ass. You bust your fucking ass. And you kind of you if you if you put that same energy into acting, you will actually sort of get returns. You know what I mean? You yeah, you will really yeah. see it. Yeah. Um Yeah, yeah. Interesting, isn't it? But yeah. Fucking All right, what's incredible. our next one? Okay, so we're gonna put these two together. Acropolis now was beautiful nineteen eighty nine, just the end of yes. the tail end of the eighties. That's right. Very fucking funny show. We had Effie, we had uh, George Caponaris, mm-hmm. we also had our mate Nick Giannopoulos. I wanted to put Nick and Vince together because obviously they are together in the Wog Boy. Yeah. And fuck mate, Acropolis now put everything on the map for me. We were talking about it at dinner tonight. I said it's it was the Wog Kath and Kim. 
Absolutely. And it was funny. So I've got a little clip if you'd like to listen to it out there in fucking podcast land and let's have a listen. It's very cute. I'm hiding. <laughs> Who from? My dumb cousin, a stupid friend. <laughs> They're not even here. Hey, Rick, do this, mate. <laughs> Can you smell that? What, has it mean I had a shower this month? <laughs> For your information, smarty, I had a shower last week. Sniffle. What? V-O-5, huh? F-E-N Sophie's favourite hairspray. Mate, this nose can pick them coming from a mile away. Yeah, that nose can pick them coming from Greece. <laughs> Thank you, Mima. Very funny, very funny. Huh? And they should be here, what about? Now, now, now. Oh. Hi. Oh, I said, I want to see my cousin Jim. Jim, is he here? There he is. Hi, Jim. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I thought you were somebody else. Have you seen her cousin Jim? Is he here? Oh, Sophie. <laughs> Can't you tell? Who else has got a sock features like that? Oh, what do you want, mate? Can't you see I'm busy? I mean, Sophie, what a job. Why oh, get out of here, mate. You're too stupid. And she's extra stupider. Jim, I need a job. What do you want a job for, huh? Mate, your mother does everything for you, all right? She washes your clothes, she makes your bed. So great. I just love it so much. I love it so much. It just so sort good. of... Yeah, yeah. Can you get it, this on DVD? Yeah, absolutely. I think I might have to buy it. Yeah, I just love it. And it's sort of... The, the wogs in Australia, this... Just strengthen them, you know what I mean? It they did, had, absolutely. They had something to celebrate and represent them on yep. TV. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just it wasn't just about fucking taking the piss out of them like Kingswood Country, you know. It, it, <laughs> they, they had something to love. They really had something to sort of make them feel strong, you know. I fucking, yeah. yeah, really, really cool. Love it. Yeah, well, I had a look at this bloody little edit of the show. Yeah. Cheryl Monks, who played Sophie, I used yeah. to dance with at Dance World and I forgot completely all about that. Yeah, yeah. She had a killer body, this chick. Killer, beautiful looking girl. A little bit of a gothy kind of hippie chick. Yeah. And we used to dance together with um, in a class, Sonali was our teacher. And yeah. I just remembered, oh, my God, that Cheryl who – she used to tell me she was in this show and it would blow my mind that she was in Acropolis now. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, really? And I'd have to watch it to see her and she, sure enough she had a part. But I've never seen her in anything else since yes. this. Yeah, yeah. Which is really sad because, I don't know, maybe she just, she was a very hippie kind of chick. Like she'd be, you could just see her living in a farm and being happy, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, Effie... Is amazing. Yeah, Effie's fucking great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's fantastic. Mary Kustas, uh, Nick, um, Nikki went. A friend of mine yes. had a, had a role in this as well. She Georgie did. Parker, Georgie she Parker did, played yeah. a wog in this. Um, Georgie Parker is not a wog at all, but she was very convincing. She looks like one though. She's got the nose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Russell. <laughs> Russell Crowe was in this wow. and bloody our friend Jerry Connolly who was on our comedy special yes, as well. He had a, a role in it. That's a good special, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there you go. Absolutely So I love used it. to, in the 90s, work at a venue called the 120 Bar. Yep. Uh, 
and Mary Kustis and Nick Giannopoulos, I think, owned it. It yeah. was in Brunswick. So I was in a – no, I actually went to see a band called Colours, which Tony Coper was in. And yeah. then one night I asked if I could get up and sing with him. And because I was cute, of course, Tony's going to let me up, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, get up and sing. So I got up and sang We Are Family and then I ended up working with them for like three or four months. So Nick mm. was actually paying me a wage to be yeah. a singer for a while. And I did see him on the movie and he kind of looked at me and I thought, oh, he probably remembers my face but I'm not going to go up and say I'm Sammy from fucking Colours because it's not worth it. But yep. I was going to try and get onto him and see if I could get some kind of an interview. And there's a couple of podcasts that want to do that with Nicky because mm-hmm. he's actually a really humble guy. Yeah, yeah. You know? When they owned the venue, it was the hottest place in Melbourne. Yeah, right. The 120 bar was a Sunday night. It was jam-packed. Oh, wow. And they used to sell shitloads of drinks. We had a band room underneath the building. It was like an old house um, on Smith Street. Oh, wow, really? They turned into a nightclub. In the main drag of Collingwood or sort of down? Yeah, Oh, really? So kind of near Collingwood, yeah. 120 bar, I think it was Collingwood. Yeah, it was definitely Collingwood, I think. Yeah. Smith Street. And it was really happening and they owned it. So then, of course, George Caponara started his own band called Flares. Yeah. My girlfriend Lisa was in for a while. Yeah. And he had his own band and and it was just crazy time in Melbourne, early 90s, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might have been 94, 93, maybe. And uh, so he used to pay my bills for a little while. Fuck, that's amazing. Now, mm. if you're if guys in Melbourne, we've got a lot of listeners in Melbourne. If you want to see the original sort of um, the the hotel where Acropolis now was filmed, I do. Two, yeah, two fifty one Brunswick Street. It's on the corner of Greaves Street in Fitzroy. Oh, it's wow. still there, and it still looks exactly the same. Go and check it out. And get the box set. I mean, I'm interested in getting the box set now. It's made me really excited. I bet you are. Just that clip. Yeah, yeah. You know. And the Wog Boy, of course, will be out next year, I think. That's right, that you're in. The new Wog Boy. Yeah, Yeah, I don't do much, but it was just money, you know. Like we – there's been no music, so I was like, do you want to just do this? Do you want to do that? Yeah. I said that about that porno I was in. Yeah, yeah, right. No, well, I didn't get paid as much as a porn, but um, I was with three of the girls from Wentworth, so it was like a catch-up really, which was cool. But nice um, now the ne- I'm going to play a commercial now. Goes forever, guys, but it's pretty funny. Our city, with its special landmarks, its certain style, the Melbourne we love. It's lively, it's vibrant, and it's growing fast. We've got a new dynamism, and at the heart of this dynamic growth is Melbourne Central, a commercial and retail complex so ambitious, so dynamic, it will change the Melbourne experience forever, bringing with it exciting new standards of enjoyment and convenience. Melbourne Central, destined to become the new heart of town, the life of the city. The heart of town is beating in our city. If you listen, you'll hear the beat grow strong. The heart of town is growing fast in Melbourne, Melbourne Central. We'll be the heart of town. Life of the city is coming. 
Fuck. Oh, Melbourne I Central. Overestimate yes. that shithole. That's right. Melbourne Central. Suck my balls. Oh. Melbourne Central. The heart of the city. Yeah, suck my Didn't balls. Didn't we play there once or something? Uh, I go there to park and then I walk to other parts of Melbourne City. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shithole, mate. That re- yeah. that re- they really wanted to make you feel like it was going to be the next big thing. That's right. We used to fucking play a gig there, didn't we, upstairs? The Melbourne Lion. <laughs> yeah. That's Remember? right. Isn't that a we fucking old We used to fucking get so club? drunk. Yeah, yeah, I think NASA had it, Jamie. Yeah, NASA. that's right. Yeah, he used to pay used to, shit money. We used to get written off there too, but it was a Sunday gig, so it was like Sunday oh, gig, yeah, and that's where and we got fucking told by the clown it was only 120 bucks each because oh. it was a Sunday. Mate, I used to get Sunday. 120 bucks to walk into fucking Sunday gigs. Mate, I used to get a fucking 120 dollar drink card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I remember. I hated that gig. Yeah. Fucking yeah. hated it. Yeah. Shit house. <laughs> but anyway, Melbourne Central never really, really went off the way they kind of wanted it to in that commercial. No, the heart of Melbourne. The Yeah. Oh, the heart the of heart town. Of fucking, the heart of, of town. Doesn't that sound fucking old-fashioned? I can never find the fucking thing. <laughs> I get off at Melbourne Central Station. I don't know where the fuck it is still. As I say, I just park there and then walk to other parts of <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> and that was an 80s commercial, so they really had a lot. They were riding on a lot, you know. They were. So do you want to quickly look at Robert De Niro? Yes. Here we go. Let, well, let's give him a song, hey? Yep. Track. Robert De Niro, what a huge fucking star. One of the greatest living actors, Robert De Niro. How incredible. And didn't he ring them after they did this or something happened? Oh, did they have a little sort of crossover, did oh, they? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually rang them or and something so happened where they said, I love your song. He said, I love your song. He said, I like your tits. Yeah, I like your tits. <laughs> um Oh, look, those girls are like men anyway. They wouldn't fucking yeah. do anything. Yeah. They're like three men. You know, oh, you just fuck. have to have drink under the table with them. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't think that would have been that easy to try and shag. I think you would have had more chance 
in trying to shag them as a gay man. That would have eaten you alive. Like, like, but but I, they, they were tough chicks, you know what I mean? Fuck like yeah. Like if you, if you were sort of angling for a shag, you would have really had to sort of challenge them, you know? Oh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. They yeah. would have preferred to drink and laugh. Yeah, that's right. Like hang out with each other. Now, What's similar your f- thing. Yeah. Similar thing. Uh, De Niro, Travolta. Um, you know, big sort of establishment in the late seventies with, of course, things like Godfather Number Two, yeah. which he won. Um, he won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor, and of course, Tr- Taxi Driver and Deer Hunter. They were his big sort yep. of um, breakthroughs as well. Um, uh, then, like all during the eighties, bloody. Raging Bull, Once a Time in America, Brazil, The Mission, Midnight Run, uh, just just amazing, Re- really sort of one role after the other, really, really strong performances and um, similar kind of uh, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino always get sort of compared, another sort of famous Italian and, and they were um, in Casino together, which is fucking unforgettable. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, they essentially paid, played um, father and son in the Godfather trilogy, you know, but um, really? never actually never actually acting on screen together, but the characters were father and son, you know. So right. they were in Heat. Um, did you say Casino they were together? Casino, yeah. And, um, um, they, were in, they were in Heat together, which was which in the 90s. Which is 80s, but. No, yeah. no, that's right. But everyone was sort of waiting for it, you know. So, I loved because um, Casino is probably one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah, yeah. He Stein. always he always t- played tough guys. Robert De Niro. Oh yeah, really. Even um, my little nephews love Bad Grandpa. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, they yeah. fucking pierce themselves because he's sort of mini like my old man. Yeah, yeah. So they just laugh their tits off, you know. Yeah. Yeah. My dad loves it as well. But, uh, yeah, we, we look at Bad Grandpa with the kids. And I think the kids brought home the DVD to my parents' house and it was just so rude. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. they didn't tell their parents they were watching it. Yeah, yeah. yeah or something. Or well, that might have been Teddy actually. Can we watch Teddy? Watch Teddy? Oh, yeah. And Teddy shagging the fucking, you know, yeah. whatever. yeah. Uh, De Niro would like have lots of uh, success right into the nineties as well with Cape Fear. Cape that Fear was, a, was awesome. Yeah, Cape Fear was awesome. Of course, Casino, um, and Meet the Parents in two thousand, mm. which was like a big sort of franchise with him as well. He'd also um, get an Academy Award nomination for Silver, Silver Linings Playbook, which was like a big. Big launcher for Jennifer Lawrence as well. I've just watched um, Bloody Hunger Games, all that trilogy with Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. There you go, Robert De Niro. Fucking love it. Vlogs yeah. of the 80s. And I just want to make a, a mention to Kingswood Country as well with old mm-hmm. Bruno in Kingswood Country. You know, put your money on the wog. Was it, put was your it, money on the fridge wog. What was his name? Was it was it George Bruno. Marinos? George Marinos, his real name? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Something Marinos. I think it was George Marinos. George is a very um, popular Greek name. They'll but he always. Never did you got, much else after that, did he? 
He didn't do a lot, but sort of that show really made him. Uh, sorry, Lex Marinos, of course. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Lex. Um, Lex Marinos. He he sort of he didn't do a hell of a lot, but that show was on every TV in Australia, and it was really really big, you know. Um, and and early eighties. Yeah. Right. So yeah. this is where I reckon it all started. Well, you know, like bloody bloody. What's his name used to say in the show? Put, you know, Lex Bruno. Bruno was the character. He'd get a beer out of the fridge, and the father would say, "Put, you know, put your money on the fridge, wog." And yeah, you know, we Ross still Higgins. say it now. We still yep. say it. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. he played um, Ted Bullpit. That's right. Yeah, it was he was cute. I had a look at a couple of uh, episodes today. It's not something yeah. I'd watch all the time, but you could see that. They really tried to make headway with having the ethnic son-in-law and the the marriage where you know, you know, Aussie and a, and a Greek guy. Or was yeah. he Italian? <laughs> Can't remember. It's uh, it's funny because this this whole thing is like reflected in my family with like Mika being in the family. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, it's the first I guess wog in the family <laughs> that they've had to deal with. You know, um, yeah. Look, my family absolutely love Mika and, and sort of Bruno in Kingswood Country was like a star. You know, you had sort of – you had all these Aussies. You had like the stupid And he was dad. a sweetheart. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah, a sweetheart. Yeah, that's right. I always yeah. wanted a wog after watching Bruno. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you, had, could, you could just tell he was faithful. Yeah. He loved her to death, you Exactly, know? exactly, with his moustache and everything. He was awesome. Yeah, and he could, his moustache. He could see right through the dad. The dad was like a dickhead, you know, like old, yeah. old dad Ted was fucking Just bloody Australian Homer Simpsons kind of thing, you know. That's but, um, right. Um, and the mum, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, the mum was, was a as dick as well, you know, yeah. and and sort of um, Bruno was just wise to it all, you know, he was awesome. So even though it's bloody put your money on the fridge and everything, he's probably the smartest one in there. Yeah, that's right. And it was only a four-year series. It only Is went that from right? 1980 to 1984. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't go for very long but it really – like that when you first hear, you know, that fucking intro. Uh, Awesome. Kingswood Country, the theme song, very, very popular Australian TV around the country. <laughs> Hope you've loved our episode, guys, Wogs in Australia. No, what Wogs is it? In Wogs in the 80s. <laughs> Wogs in the 80s. They were huge. They were huge. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've loved this. We've grown up with this. Um, 
and we hope you appreciate it too, guys. Really, really awesome episode. So um, if you love the show, get your friends on board. Please like, share, rate and review. Give us five stars and write us a little comment in the review section. Guys, become a Patreon. It's the best thing you can do for as little as a dollar a month, which is nothing. It really sort of keeps things running for us. And for $10 a month, you get to get the extra episodes where we, you know, do all kinds of things, have orgies, we just <laughs> tape it. Yeah, it's great. You know, you hear, hear it all. Fantastic. Absolutely. And if you want to become a Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash the 80s montage podcast. Exactly. We've got gigs all around Australia coming up in the next couple of months when we come out of lockdown with Rewind 80s Band. Please check it out, guys, and we'll see you out there live very, very soon. Absolutely. Keep watching Wentworth. It's going to be a ripper as well. And our next big gig I think will be in Bendigo on the 23rd of October. Depending yeah. on what happens on the second. I don't know. Who I don't knows? think we're going to come it's out of so lockdown. It's so exciting, COVID, is it? Oh. You, you know, you <laughs> never know what's going to happen. It's shocking, isn't oh, it? Oh, we yes. laughed, didn't we? We no. laughed. We were so drunk. I'm missing people and actually having a drink yeah. and seeing people because it's not the same yeah. as being – you've got to be with them and drink and smoke, yeah. you know. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. And yeah. I really think I'm going to take you up on the offer of – I'm going to meet you at the brothel and we're going to yes. do an episode there. Yes, we I, said that. I dare you to do it. I dare you Kittens to do in it. Caulfield? We'll do it. Huh? Well, we can't go further than 5K, so we can't do it yet. You know how many brothels are in 5Ks of me? Heaps. Yeah, but I can't go to you. Ah, oh, bugger. Because you're oh, like shit. 35Ks from me. Well, you go to a brothel on your end of town and then I'll just call Not in. Not the same, mate. <laughs> Got to be together. Got to uh, really get that. Awesome. All right, honey. Good on you, babe. Good to talk to you. And, and lots of love to you guys all around the world, especially in Australia. Yes. Love you. And if it's music mateys. Or cool shit from the 80s. We're going to talk about it. Unreal. Woo!